Hello, my name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, I'm sitting with Leah Irby, friend and person who enjoys Disney movies, just like me. We are going to be talking about the classics, Aladdin and Alice in Wonderland. Welcome. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for coming and doing this with me. Oh man, thank you for having me. I <laughs> love cartoons. I love Disney movies. Uh, how could you not, especially with these two? I lucked out. I feel very privileged to have gotten the double Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, though. Like, Aladdin... Aladdin is pretty much my favorite Disney movie. Um, I have loved it ever since it came out, and it's a real issue at times because of my pure joy of watching it. Right. Um, I believe my notes aren't as long as they should be simply because I just, like, sat in awe and sang along with songs while they were on. That was pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, like I, I know this movie, like when I put it on, it's the whole movie is like music, like it's in my bones. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, oh, this, that, now this, now, now Gilbert Gottfried smacks a flamingo in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the start of Aladdin's true downfall. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. Although, the, you are an 11. Always gets me, every single time. Um, oh man, I have so much to say about Aladdin. I have a surprising amount to say about Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Uh, what order do you want to go in? Well, since we do alphabetical order, we're going to start with Aladdin. Okay. And then go to Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Let's start. All right. Well, then we should set some kind of timer to remind us to move to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> it's that many notes. Yes. She has very tiny writing in a notebook and the pages are pretty much full. So yeah, yeah we'll see how that goes. So I... <sighs> Here's the thing that makes me different from other people who have been on your podcast, and mm-hmm. definitely from you, is that I have basically memento-style short-term memory. Okay. And zero long-term memory for things I have watched. Mm-hmm. So, and like, names to faces. Yeah. No ability to map them. Okay. So, I also feel really lucky that I got two animated movies, because I can kind of talk about the actors, but only because I wrote a bunch of names down. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's uh, that's the thing with animated movies, too. Um, except for, I guess, like Robin Williams and Gilbert Godfrey and Aladdin. I don't know any of the names or any of the faces of the people who did the voices in either of these movies. Right. Because that wasn't a thing, really, until Aladdin. Like, there had been some A list celebrities who did cartoon voices, but mm. generally, especially in the like Disney classic stable, they were not actively going out and looking for famous actors with marquee value. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was purely sold on the story and that it was Disney, right? That was it. It's like, it's Snow White, Disney. Right. That's it. Exactly. And you just happened to be one of the people who were talking on it. Yeah. 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 But they went out and got Robin Williams. So I had been doing a lot of reading. They went out and got Robin Williams by animating one of his existing stand-up mm-hmm. routines. Yeah. And then, it, like, they started so well. They courted him. They animated a thing for him to bring him in. And then they messed up all of the terms of their agreement. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, you guys, you started off on such a... It's like a it's like a Tinder date shows up and he's, like, pretty good. And then you have another date with him. And then on the third date, he, like, sets your house on fire and insults your family. Like, yeah. no, come on, you guys. We were doing so well. Yeah. You were doing... Mm-hmm. You were so good. And then you had to do the thing. Oh, why? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I also heard that um, Robin Williams was given, still given a lot of freedom with his character, even though he did he did the movie, right? Because like that whole part of the beginning in the bazaar when you meet the merchant was completely ad-libbed by him, and then they animated it based on what he did. Definitely. You know, and I thought that was like, are you like that must have been almost uh, I don't even know like like made like executives catatonic because like part of your movie doesn't exist while you're like recording stuff and then you have to go back and still storyline this whole piece while everything should be like relatively in motion right you know which i think to some extent is more normal when you're animating right when you've got like they had actors who were who recorded their lines over a long period of time Mm -hmm. aladdin especially went back and forth in a short version of the development hell that was like truly endured by Alice in Wonderland, which I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But it's one thing if they haven't brought a part in to do their lines yet, but Robin Williams had not lines, he had he had guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like his his guideline for that part was you're a merchant and mm-hmm. you have to say hello and then start the movie. Mm-hmm. Go. What? You know? Mm. Your movie's in good hands. I guess. Right? Yes. That is that is very true. I mean, he did do a lot of ad-libbing throughout the movie, which apparently drove some of the animators completely crazy um, and some of the directors. But, of course, all of it worked because what he did was perfect for the character and perfect for the movie. Like, just the feel and overall everything that is the genie. Yes. So this movie is really interesting to me because... Coming off of the back of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, which I love dearly, but mm-hmm. is, it's a melodrama. Like, yes, it's got funny it bits, but it's, yeah, takes itself But Beauty and the seriously. Beast, yeah, takes itself very seriously compared to a lot of the other animated films. Aladdin has slapstick crammed into all of the corners. Like, yes, that's true. Yes. Except for a couple of scenes near the end and A Whole New World, generally... Mm-hmm. There is almost always a tiny comic sidekick leaning in, but there. But even in during like a whole new world, even though that's like a straightforward song, they do throw in some slapstick in there. That's true, right? Um, even though they sort of marginalize the uh, racist nature of the Sphinx losing its nose, but it's comedy, right? Yeah. Or there's a thing where she's petting the horse, and the horse is in love with her. Like I think that's just adorable, but it's it's still pretty funny. It right? is. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there are maybe like a few seconds mm-hmm. in which it's just serious. But really, they have, not just with Robin Williams, but with Abu and with Iago, they have crammed the movie. I love which Abu, is, yeah. I think why I like it so much is because, especially with Aladdin, the leads are so milk toast mm-hmm. And like the whole... Let's put a pin in the racially problematic part of this movie and yes. come back to it. Because, Wow. They're yes. super white. Yes, they are very white. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're so boring. I mean, I actually find... I actually don't find them boring. I don't find the main characters boring in this movie. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy it. Because like with many Disney movies, many movies in general, many TV shows, it is always the secondary characters that make everything good. 
Definitely, right? Yeah. I mean, look at a show like Seinfeld, for example. Seinfeld is the worst character on the show. Yes. It's all about George and Elaine and Kramer, you yeah. know? And they are the secondary characters. And it's this to me, it's the same thing with even even like The Little Mermaid, for example. She's boring. She's oh, she stinks. Yeah, she stinks. She's a little girl who doesn't talk and just makes faces at people and flounder and um, Sebastian are the ones that go around and get all this stuff done, you know? Mm. Like, they are the ones that are interesting and entertaining. Even, what's the name of the prince's dog in that one? The fluffy thing that runs around? He is so entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't oh, he's say so words. Yeah. He's so cute. But yeah. she, herself, the movie's named after her. Eh, not so much. She is a vehicle through and around which comedy travels. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. There there are some parallels between Aladdin and Ariel at the opening of this movie. What do you mean? Okay. Class notwithstanding. Okay. We open on a teenager Mm -hmm. who desperately wants more. Yes. Right? He's very wide-eyed. Yes. Okay, we start with um, one jump ahead. and One step ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is an amazing opening number, yeah. and it teaches you a lot about his relationship to the local brothel, and also what law enforcement is like in Agrabah, but then we go immediately into his super, like, he could go directly into part of your world from yes. the end of that song. That's true, yeah. Right? They as go soon into as those, little that apartment. curtain opens, and they, they yeah. show the, the, um, castle? Yeah. The castle? Palace. Palace. Palace, Palace I think, yeah. is what's really correct. Um, and it's just like, ah, you know? Right, he turns into a wide-eyed Disney princess. Yes, yes, he does. But the thing about it, I find, is that he is, he is aware of his actual world, if you understand what I mean. Definitely. Right? Like, he knows, he's like, I am definitely at the bottom, and if I don't do things a certain way, I am clearly in danger for my life. You know, and things can go very wrong. Whereas I think like Ariel, for example, she's like, I'm a princess and I get to collect things and be. Yeah. He's a little bit irreverent. Yeah. About, I mean, song notwithstanding, that brilliant piece of music and comedy notwithstanding. Yeah. He is a little bit irreverent. We we obviously know nothing bad's going to happen to him. He seems to, he's, you know what? He's a teenager. He's a teenager. He thinks he's invincible. Yeah, he's an he's an invincible, wide-eyed teenager. Yeah. But he's he's still aware and pays attention to what's around him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about him. And um, despite the fact that the movie starts and he has is in a bad situation, you mm-hmm. know, being a street rat and everything, it's one of the few Disney movies where nobody is murdered at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, his parents are already dead. Yeah, they're already dead. But you don't have to, like, meet them and then watch him cry about it. That's true. Right? That's true. And I think, and I I appreciate that because there's so many movies where you're just like, do you have to rip my heart out first? Mm. We -hmm. understand it's going to be an uplifting tale, but I don't need to be in the bowels of hell to be lifted up. I could just be on the ground and then go a little bit higher. That would be nice. Yeah. 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 We could start from dirt. Yeah. Start from dirt. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's the diamond in the rough, so I guess that is dirt. The rough is dirt, right? Mostly sand, I feel. Mostly sand? Probably. Agrava seems like it would be just all sweat and sand. 
Yes. There's sand always between your toes. Just always. <laughs> like, just, no, but, ah. Oh. You <laughs> stuck like outside in the morning. Like, how did this happen? Jeez, yeah. yeah. All the time, all the time. Mm. Uh, one thing I found really entertaining is um, uh, because of the Gulf War, originally this was actually just supposed to be Baghdad. Right? Yeah. And because of the start of the Gulf War, they're just like, that's going to be insensitive. And they came up with the term Agrabah. Oh. Uh, so I was like... Oh, that's what's going to be insensitive. Is that's, putting yeah. it in a real city instead of addressing your content. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's really good work. I know. I always feel really bad that this is like... It's a pretty racially insensitive movie. But I still really like it. I, it's, it's bad. Although, uh, uh, watching it again yesterday... I think, as a whole, society has backslid from where we were when Aladdin came out, in terms of trying to get this movie made today. Well, they are trying to do the live-action one. <laughs> they are doing the live-action one. And they ones. have appropriately cast people, I think. That's true. The The whole... Hmm, maybe I didn't put it well enough, but the, I mean, the whole like entertainment sphere has changed drastically as well yes, like it very was fragmented so. and in a world where disney was putting out one movie every two years mm -hmm. it would be surprising mm -hmm. to see that level of concentration right now where we are oh that's true it's a particularly fraught couple of weeks months years we're all having a couple of bad years <laughs> right so it's like hey we, we had gotten pretty far mm -hmm. before things went once again, off the rails. Yeah. Like, that we is... were always kind of off the Like, before yeah. things jumped the rails this particular time. Yes. You know. I will agree with you on that, but for sure. I still... I I took a little bit of umbrage when I, I read that they based Aladdin on Michael J. Fox and Tom Cruise. Cruise, yeah. Like, and uh, Jasmine is Jennifer Connelly. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, but the funny thing is, is, until I read that, I never picked up on that in any way. No. Now that you mention it, her weird stilted delivery does kind of mirror the weird stilted delivery at the end of Labyrinth, which is not to diss the weird stilted delivery That's true. of Labyrinth, but yeah. it is a little bit weird and stilted because she was also a teenager and yes. it was also highly melodramatic. That is true. Now that you, I didn't even think of Labyrinth at the time now. I have other notes about Labyrinth. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but like, you are telling me you couldn't dig up one sufficiently ethnic gentleman who had the looks to carry... Mm -hmm. Like to model a Disney character on, I dispute this. Yeah, very strongly. But no, it was the early '90s, and black yeah. people and uh, Middle Eastern people didn't exist yet. So you know, pretty much. Yeah, they yeah. replaced that one line in the opening. So it's oh, that's true. What was, what was the forever. line? The uh, chop off your hands one. Cut off your ear if they don't like your face. Yes, that's barbaric. But hey, it's home. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they. Replace the line with something about sand? Where it's flat and immense and the heat is, is intense. intense. It's, they still, they kept, it's barbaric, right. but hey, it's home. Yeah. Because it, Maybe well, the fundamental hasn't changed, but I guess we could. We could live with that one, though. Sort I of. mean, the heat is barbaric. Yeah. I'll take that. It's not a great word to use. I feel like there are other words. Yeah. You know. Maybe they just got lazy at that point when they, they replaced those lines and they're like, yeah, that's enough changing. Well, so this, there were two, okay, Howard Ashman only wrote some of the lyrics for some of the songs. Okay. And then he, so he came up with the core concept from which Aladdin took root. Okay. Um, 
he wanted a very different musical, which is very, very similar to the live, to the the musical, the stage musical that's out now, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, going to be potentially what they base the movie on. But the musical is like a, it has a very different feel. It's very irreverent, but it's like a, Mm -hmm. more of a, first of all, we saw it when it was in previews, uh, before it went to New York, mm-hmm. it previewed here. They must have used every spangle in the greater Toronto area. <laughs> I just like the stage was shimmering and blinding all yeah. the time. It was amazing. So the best splendid, the were then? Uh, uh, the greatest. Okay. <laughs> uh, but like, there are even more comic relief characters because they are making up for the loss of comic relief that you cannot get in real life. Yes. Okay. The animals, right? Yeah. And the, and the genie and the slapstick. Yeah. So, they crammed a bunch more in, and there are a couple more sort of... They took the narrator from the beginning away, and they replaced him with a comic trio mm-hmm. of guys who are Aladdin's buddies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're kind of a Greek chorus. Yeah. So it, it's a very it's a very different story. So it started life as something very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Howard Ashman wrote with Alan Menken a couple of the songs that made it into the movie, Mm -hmm. but they eventually needed help finishing the music from other sources, Mm -hmm. which is not to impugn the rest of the music because it's all glorious and I love every single note. Yes. But thinking about like Howard Ashman was writing in like the seventies, eighties. I don't know too much about his career. I hope I'm not making too big a fool of myself here. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you obviously, you already know, I know you're talking about the writer of the songs. Mm. And you have said his name, mm-hmm. and that is literally all I know. So you're okay. doing much better than me. All right. <laughs> so can I tell you a story yeah. about this story? Yes. So Howard Ashman comes up with this idea. He's the lyricist, Alan Mang- and he, he comes up with an idea for the show, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the directors who come on to, to helm the movie are the same guys who did Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid. They are like Disney Renaissance superstars. Okay. Right? They write a draft of the movie that ha- Aladdin's got a mom. There mm. are these, I think the comic relief characters, the the Greek chorus was in it too. Okay. There's a whole like arc of, that's where some of the deleted songs show up. Mm-hmm. It was very different. Because yeah, wasn't Jasmine supposed to be like some vapid teenager who was into like clothes and like jewelry or something? Mm, that I, I heard, I, re- I read about that because... Because apparently, um, originally, she was she was supposed to be just, like, this pretty little rich girl, right? Mm-hmm. Who, like, is very spoiled and wants things her way and blah, 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 blah. But they just, as the writing went along and and they, um, they changed the way some of the story went. Like, the way uh, Jasmine and Aladdin was supposed to meet, apparently, was he was supposed to be by the palace and over the, like he went to catch a boo over the wall or something. Oh, I crazy. And monkey. then it was when she was sitting with Raja outside and then the monkey comes down and then they start interacting. That's how they were supposed to meet. Surely the tiger would eat the monkey immediately. Well, yeah, there was, there's a whole thing with the, <laughs> with the tiger or something. I okay. don't know. Huh? But yeah, like there were like, there was a whole bunch of key pivotal moments in the movie that were completely different originally. And they're like, let's change the fundamental of this character. Let's change how people meet all together over here. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. And, you know, apparently, like, the start of this and the end of it are completely different. Except for the name 
And the name of the character. And Jafar. And Jafar, yes. <laughs> so the directors who come on, Clements and Musker, I wrote that down, because if they're not musicians, I'm bad with names. Yeah. They write this draft that is very far from what we know. Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's the head of Disney, comes in and nixes like most of their draft in one day. He oh, shows up yeah. and he's like, this is garbage. One mm-hmm. of his famous quotes is 86 the mother, which, oh, Jesus, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, it's a Disney film, I guess. Yeah, but did you have to be like that about it? Yeah. Uh, so he scraps a huge amount of their draft. This is in April of 1991, and the release is already dead set for November of 1992. And yeah. this is an animated film with computers mm-hmm. animating some of it, which I can't imagine how big the computers must have been. But, oh my god, yeah, and rendering must have taken like months just to render what they did what four or five scenes that had computer generated images yeah so because like it's the first time you see the cave of wonders yes then like the escape scene from the cave of wonders and then there's the part at the end with like jafar doing the whole thing right Mm -hmm. so that even just like not just animating but rendering the scenes all together that probably took most of those months yeah and then them like if there was like something needed to be fixed or whatever my goodness yeah i don't know so the guys who came in to fix it the writers would later go on to write Shrek and Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I absolutely can see where like having seen the stage play and just like seeing underneath where there was kind of a melodrama more like Beauty and the Beast Mm -hmm. in Aladdin. Yeah. Where how it became something else. The snarkiest thing we'd seen to date. Disney, (laughs) which I loved apparently. Yes, I little me could not get enough of it. Also, Mm -hmm. it taught me as a as a small developing comedic ham, Mm -hmm. just like giant spotlight hog. Yeah, it taught me so much via Abu. (laughs) 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 I'm not very good at impressions, so probably this genie business is right out. But I'm pretty sure that I could skitter around and like. You know, yeah. the physical comedy thing is within my grasp. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? Um, and I also, I really enjoyed the fact that even though, like, I would say it was Belle was one of the more rebellious um, Disney princesses, but up until that point, they were kind of like, meh. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. <laughs> Has to break into song. I'm trying to keep it's it fine. In. Yes. Um, but I, I like Jasmine was the first princess that I kind of identified with. Like she didn't want to be controlled. She was outspoken. She didn't let men talk over her, you know, true. And that's what I really liked about her character, you know, but she actually really isn't in it as much as you would like her to be. But at the same time, she's in it enough that she makes a point. I don't love Jasmine. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is. We have come so much farther from there. Yes. That it, like, I neglect to put sufficient weight in the steps that they took to give her mm-hmm. any kind of direction. And, yes. like, self-sufficiency and mm-hmm. motivation. So, like, maybe I'm, I'm not respecting it as much as I should. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it seems to me, she really is, they are really teenagers. Yes. Right? Like, there's that whole, you have to get married before your next birthday. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's probably turning 21. And then I was like, oh, no. no. Is like, she 15 or 16? She might be turning 16. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I found four different articles about it. 
And it said she was either 14, 15, or 16. And I, right. I had always thought she was turning 21 for some reason. Mm-hmm. Right? And they, like when I rewatched the movie, even though I've seen this movie so many times, in my head, I had always thought the father said you have to get married before your 21st birthday. I don't know why. That's Beauty and the Beast. Is that Beauty and the Beast? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because the, ro- the last petal of the rose falls before on its 21st birthday. Oh, is that what it I'm is? I'm pretty sure that's it. Oh, okay. Because I always thought it was Jasmine. Don't at me, Beauty and the Beast. And so when I rewatched it, he's like, no, he just says next birthday. And I was like, what? Right. Mind blown. Oh, my God. And then all of the all of the big pronouncements that she makes that really like did not ring true for me mm-hmm. were much more understandable. Because that, if I measure it against 14-year-old me, yeah. bang on. It's bang on. Yeah. 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 I am not surprised to be one. Like that's the amount of drama that your life has at 14. Yeah. Like no matter yeah. whether you're talking about whether you're going to get married off or if you have to do the dishes and your life is unfair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, this is not something I have to do. Walk away. Yeah. This know? is injustice. And I will not stand for it. <laughs> uh, but I do, I like, I must admit, like I was thinking it was going to be Maybe I've just watched this movie way too many times in my life, but I keep thinking that I'm going to rewatch one of these movies and one day I'm going to be like, this movie is so out of date, it's offensive, it's completely racist. And yes, I'm watching it and I'm picking things out of it that maybe I'd never noticed before, but at the same time, I'm just like, no, it's like, it's a, there, it, there are problems, but it was definitely decently written mm-hmm. that it, you, it's not at a point where you're just like, everything about this is racist. Like, yeah. Like, on the surface, at least, you know? Um, when you look into it, then you're just like, oh, yeah, you just ruined stuff. Yep. But on the surface, the thing that is presented and you sit and you watch it mm-hmm. is not overly racist. And I appreciate that. So one thing that helps for me is that it's there is no culture clash except for the class differences. So mm-hmm. it's not... It's not like the Arab world meets European white people and that's where the culture clash comes in and Mm -hmm. that's where we see like specific traits. So any one character in this movie exhibiting a certain trait Mm -hmm. is not necessarily bringing their whole race to the table the way that like a token character is going to be in a different Disney film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That being said, it doesn't... It doesn't excuse it. Mm-hmm. Let's just say we've learned a lot since then. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this could easily be a story about a terrible set of people from other cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming and somebody's trying to like take it's... over Agrabah or, or something like that and showing, you know, the barbaric nature of the people that are there and they're going to save them with their guns and Christianity or something. And they didn't even try to, you know, that comparison. It's like, no, these are people that have their own they're rich and they're poor and their own culture and here it is sort of there right. you go right yeah and the world is cruel and some of them are kind and a lot of those kind people have money and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and and i thought that was great yeah so one of the things that always confused me about this movie is first of all i think when i worked it out after watching a movie this time this movie happens in three days oh my god I think it's three days. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, and in this movie, Aladdin gets captured 
trapped in the cage of um, cave of wonders, is brought out and made a prince. Um, comes back, meets the princess, makes her fall in love with him. Uh, then almost gets murdered. Then comes back and saves the city from sorcerer Jafar. The city slash maybe the world. We don't really know. Maybe the world. Yeah, because I mean, if he's got that much power, he's not going to stop at Agrabah. He's going to keep going out, right? Exactly. Uh, he might make it to the real Baghdad. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and I'm like, Jasmine, this is one thing that does fresh me about Jasmine, right? And maybe it's the teenagerness. Maybe it's the fact that all Disney princesses fall in love at the drop of a hat. Mm. I don't know. But she says right at the beginning, she's not a prize to be won. Mm-hmm. And she wants to make her own life decisions and all that kind of stuff. They go on a magic carpet ride take that however you want to take it and then they're in love and then she wants to get married to him the next day every turn a surprise yes every moment red letter (laughs) my jasmine sounds a lot like my bell (laughs) (laughs) that's completely allowed don't worry um and it's just like and it's true like i mean frozen was the first disney movie to bring it up but they were like you just met him you're not in love shut up Mm-hmm. pretty much what it is right and i'm just like you can't that's craziness that is utter craziness but also it is in a place where arranged marriages were a regular thing and you do kind of meet them for one day and then you're like yeah okay we got married yeah and to have an arranged marriage to a guy that you've done some preliminary vetting on mm-hmm. it's like well i guess he kept his hovel pretty clean and he kept that monkey alive so like He's doing his job, right? Yeah. 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 He hasn't, he, he didn't murder me at any point during the magic carpet ride. That's true. Because she could have come back in several pieces wrapped in that rug. That is true. Mind you, the physics of riding that rug really confused me, especially during the whole new world sequence, because they're going like, they're going swooping, they're flipping upside down and they're still on the carpet, except at certain points when they feel like it, they fall from it and then land back into it. And I'm just like, you need to decide how this rug works. Okay, I don't care if they stick to it, but then they have to stick to it all the time. That's all I'm asking for. Literally a magic carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Which, we're talking about A-plus slapstick. Yes. The challenges of animating a faceless, featureless square of fabric. Mm Mm-hmm. Is fantastic. He is so lovable. So much personality. And he meets a boo and then he plucks his tail and then yeah. he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to cause you that much trouble. How do I know that he felt that? Yeah. It's because he folded. Yeah. In a and you way. you see it. Oh, he hangs you his get the, head yeah. down. And he walks you get away. the expressions, oh. the movement of the tassels, everything about it is amazing how they Small do that. All aside to see yeah. the faces of her. But apparently one of the um one of the tests, I don't know if this is still true or not, used to be like an animator's test to get into Disney, was you were given a, a I think it was a drawing of like a sack, or like a sack of flour, mm-hmm. and y- your job was to animate it so people... Would fall in love with it. Liked it, or like, mm-hmm. or it expressed specific emotions. So I, I like, every time I see the rug, I'm like, this is directly from that test. They're just like, we're going to bring all that information in from those tests, we're going to put it in this rug, and it's going to be amazing. I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. <laughs> <laughs> Although, one last note about the carpet. It's probably not super cool that they just called the carpet carpet. Probably not. It probably had a name. <laughs> it 
probably did. <laughs> Wait, what did the genie... No, the genie just says, hey, hey, rug man, give me some tasso. Yes, that's all he says. He didn't call it a name either. And it's been... They've known each other for like 10,000 years or something that's like that. True. So they could have come up with a name within that time period. Fair point. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Um... Well, speaking about about Genie again, I mean, I loved all of the references that were within the film. I mean, like, some of these I did have to look up. Like, the the puppet guy was Senior Wences, which I had never heard of. I don't know mm. what that is. I don't know. Um, and the stu- stewardess, which I didn't know, was uh, Carol Channing. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, that was that what that reference was. Because I was like, it has to be more than just a generic stewardess. It yeah. has to be something, uh, which I thought was really cool. Wow. And um, and then the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade reference. Ah. I was always curious as to who the actual two people were supposed to be. Are they right? actual people? Yeah. <laughs> so the guy, uh, based on my research, right? Who we know is named Fabulous Harry. Yeah. Fabulous, Harry. I love the feathers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, it was actually Willard Scott, right? But there is an argument online, depending on which one you look at, it's either Mary Hart or Katie Couric is the woman. But if you look up that time period, in 1990, uh, uh, Mary Hart never did the Macy's Day um, Thanksgiving Parade. But Katie Kirk did starting in 1992, which is the year the movie was released, which means it may not be even Katie Kirk. Those of you listening at home cannot see the wall of maps <laughs> and red yarn strings that Tracy has unveiled. You did a lot of research. Yeah, well, no, I got stuck on this one thing because I was like, I was just like, I just looked up um, Aladdin, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and they're like, Willard Scott, and then question mark for the woman. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You have got to be kidding me. So I was like, I have to find this somewhere. And on one of the wikis, it said Mary Hart, but I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think she's ever done it. So then I looked up Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then there was a whole thing. So, but before Katie Couric, there was a woman named Deborah Norville that did it, who had that, like, blonde, big, like, 80s hair thing going on. Mm. So it may have actually been her that they were referring to. So, I, I would also posit. Yeah. That's, it could have been a generic reference. That is true. There's that, that as well. That the animators then had to peg to a person. So yes. that they could... They were like, I don't know, what did what did this woman look like who did the Thanksgiving Day Parade two years ago? They're like, it's a blonde lady with big hair. All right, done. Yeah. And they just drew something, right? Yeah. Uh, but I like, I much, I would much rather believe that there is, <laughs> there is this much thought that has gone into it. Gone into it. it, yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, they, they went through all the, like, effort of getting, what, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ed Sullivan, Groucho Marx, um... William F. Buckley, uh, yeah. Robert De Niro, Arsenio Hall, Rodney Dangerfield, Jack Nicholson, uh, which I thought was fantastic. And they had a bunch of other Disney references. So they had Pinocchio in there, mm-hmm. uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Disney, like Disney World itself, and like Goofy, yeah. which I thought was great. They had some good stuff in it. Yes. Yes. Really great. Yeah. And the, the Hawaiian shirt that he wears at the end is a... And the goofy hat is a throwback to apparently Robin Williams recorded a like welcome to Disneyland, uh, like oh I thought I thought that was a um, 
what is it the well, good morning vietnam reference shirt i thought that's what it was i you would think so but apparently it was not people on crazy mickey mouse sites all over the world want to tell me that robin williams did a secret disneyland greetings tape that we've never seen where he wears that hawaiian shirt these are these now that i think about it these are the same people that told me incorrectly that abu and the cave of wonders were voiced by the same person which is unverifiable by which i mean i did not verify it before we (laughs) <laughs> went to recording. Okay. But I do not believe that's true. It's the kind of thing that you would expect from a voice actor. But I remember, oh. I actually do remember that there was one guy in it who did like four voices. That's pretty common, right? Yeah. And they were like, they were like Abu and like some something else or whatever. I read that it was Abu and Raja, but Raja's got a different credit. There's somebody else who voiced Raja. Really? Which, while you look that. Let me, I'm taking people behind the curtain here. Tracy's looking something up. I'm going to regale everybody with a story of Raja versus Raja. Done. Growing up, one day a cat adopted my family. And my little Mm -hmm. sister was like, I saw her first, I get to name her. Yeah. You, she was like 10. I was like, you, I'm 14. My judgment is so much better than yours. Yeah. You pick two names and we'll pick, I'll pick the one I like the best. Yeah. Uh, it was Dusty or Raja. Mm-hmm. And so we named her Raja because neither of us knew that Raja means king. Okay. So. That's fine. I mean, she didn't it's a care. Cat. Also, this cat was a holy menace. I love her pieces. <laughs> she is like 20 years old. She is yeah. still kicking. Yeah. Yeah. She's like mostly deaf. She's a little bit blind. She's mm. very cranky. She doesn't like anybody but my stepmom and my dad. Mm. Um, but we'll still like, she's, she's still got a little bit of fight left in her. And this cat routinely would, we lived on the second and third floor of a house. Mm -hmm. And when we put the cat out, we throw her out the front door. Yeah. And then we would later see the cat peering at us from our second floor deck from the balcony. She would climb a tree across the driveway from the house and jump from the tree onto the second, across an entire driveway. That's fantastic. Onto the second floor balcony and then like scratch at the glass, making unholy noises and demand to be let in. She'd be like, I'm here. Come on, guys. I did work to get up here. Yeah. She would also jump off the deck across the driveway onto the tree to get out. (laughs) <laughs> and she left a swath of destruction behind her that included like untold numbers of chipmunks mm-hmm. several mice yeah. squirrels we had a cottage she there was a very disturbing incident with a bunny oh I think no she might, yeah she definitely mm-hmm. fought several raccoons i think she lost most of those fights mm-hmm. uh, like she's a scrapper <laughs> and this giant tiger yeah is the cuddliest little kitten yeah yeah I just wanted to hug Raja every single time. Yeah. And especially when uh, Jafar turns into, like, the kitten. I was just like, I love you so much. I was, point- I was trying to get my cat to pay more attention. I was like, look at this little, tiny, cuddly, cute creature. And he was just like, Meh. None of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so sorry. Giant, grumpy cat. <laughs> uh, so just to let you know, I looked it up. Okay. And according to IMDb, those crazy people were correct. Wow. Yeah. Now, does um, this person also voice Raja? Yes. They said Abu, Cave of Wonders, and Raja. It's Frank Welker. So that's a quite an... A range. Yeah. But that means that the crazy Disney people might be right about the Robin Williams Welcome to Disneyland video. I don't know. I have more research it's, to it's totally possible. It's totally possible. Can't put it by them, but you never know. 
Um, but I mean, Abu and Raja are really just kind of sounds and Cave of Wonders is actual talking. So mm. maybe that's why it seems so far-fetched. Yeah. But yeah, like it's not like... I mean, Abu makes little tiny noises. And then he it's does. Abu. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know... Yeah, on the one end is like K-pop, and on the other end there is like death metal. That is true. Yeah, it still works. I just, I just it like super it. works. It yep. super works. All of his little yeah. chittering noises are just adorable. They're fantastic. Yeah. I love the beginning when he, they first meet um, Jasmine, mm-hmm. and like Aladdin like takes the apple for him, then takes a bite out of one and gives it to him. And he's just like, <laughs> "What is it? Who, who do you think you are exactly?" <laughs> okay, I have a note about this. <laughs> Abu and Iago, small angry things are hilarious. They are. Oh yeah. my god. There's yes, just they are. there's something about a a small indignant creature that just gets, it's comedy gold for me. <laughs> it's it's like, just the angrier the better. Well, because they're adorable and they're mad, and you're just like, oh, that's Aww. so cute. No. Now, as a short person who gets mad, let me tell you, it's not, <laughs> it's not I don't like being great. on the receiving end, but I will absolutely point and laugh at the cartoon characters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So, I'm going to talk about something slightly more serious about Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, despite the Sultan being a likable character, mm. he is a horrible leader. Mm-hmm. He is inept father. And mm. he is not a good, like, he just is completely oblivious to everything. And it is a wonder that Agrabah still exists. In that world, of course, not in real life. It's not a real place. People just remember that. And that his daughter grew up to have some sort of sense in her. Yeah, I, I wonder where she gets her sense from. I mean, it would, it would, well, I not mean, him. there is no clear indication when her mother died. No. Um, so we don't know how much influence her mother would have had on her. We don't but, know how much influence Jafar might have had on her. That is true. Because she's got, like, she's motivated. She's got desire. She wants stuff. Yeah. She knows what she wants. But she also doesn't like Jafar. Well, you don't have to like somebody to learn from them. That is very true. Yeah. That is very true. Indeed. So there's a throwaway joke mm-hmm. that in the movie about, oh, I don't know where she gets it, says the Sultan. Her mother wasn't nearly mm-hmm. so picky. Yes. I think he has a pretty good idea of how over his head he is. Or like, or maybe it's more along the lines of how, like, how out of uh, his league his wife was. I think that's part of it. But Mm -hmm. I like, I don't know. It gives me the impression that he is like, not only is he not going to be around forever, which he seems very old and she seems very young, but I don't want to speculate about the age of his wife because it's going to make me depressed. Yes. Which Um, is not something that is surprising but it's still sad yeah yes i know some of it is his character but he does seem just a little bit so desperate mm-hmm. to like he trusts jafar i mean there's the whole like uh hypnotoad snake staff thing mm-hmm. which fine he trusts jafar because of magic but he also trusts jafar anyway yes outside of that yes yeah. and yeah. he just really wants to marry his daughter off so that he can be relieved of the pressures of leading because he is terrible at it yeah, because she, yeah, she's going to take over and the new husband is going to take over as soon as they get married, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and he knows, he's only known Aladdin for three days. All mm. he knows is that Aladdin has an elephant and a neat carpet that takes him on a little ride, yes. which is a, another which glorious piece enjoyed. of plastic. Yes. And then 
then he's like, oh, and you, my boy, will be the Sultan. That, yeah. I, this this boy seems fit. It seems fine. What is he, 18? It's fine. Yeah. He's, he'll do, he's all the experience in the world, and he knows all of the things <laughs> oh to just go ahead and rule, you know? Yeah. I was such a fall-down wreck at 18. This is so terrible. terrible. Yeah. Like, it just surprises me. Like, even in today's day and age... Like, you have celebrities that are, like, 18 and 19-year-olds, and they're getting, like, pictures in tabloids, and they're like, oh my god, what could she be doing? She's 18. She's gonna do something stupid. Mm -hmm. Just because she's a celebrity doesn't mean she's not still mentally a child. Mm -hmm. Done. That's you know? why celebrities are supposed to have people around them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the problem is, like, with anything... The people around them are usually kind of corrupt themselves, so it's a real problem. Let's talk about Jafar. Yes. <laughs> While we're talking about it. Uh, one quick thing of my favorite subject I like to pick up. Yeah. Uh, which is Star Trek. Um, apparently, which I didn't know about, Patrick Stewart was supposed to play Jafar, but couldn't do it because it conflicted too much with his TNG obligation. I can see that. Yeah, I could see that as well. And when I heard that, I was just like, What? I'm okay with it, but at the same time, I wonder how different Jafar would have been if he had, like, that Britishiness, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I also wonder, so Patrick Stewart plays an amazing villain in Green Room. Yes, he does. He was so good in that. Yeah. yeah. But he, he told the story in an interview with the movie. He told mm -hmm. the story about getting the script and being terrified by it, but then also it sounded like he prompted a lot of work to be done into the backstory of his character mm -hmm. so that it was more than just a sort of just like a mean old man yeah yeah like yeah white supremacist number one i guess he's mm -hmm. the leader so i wonder whether that would have been the same for jafar. with aladdin oh so made jafar a little bit deeper not just like a dude who wants you know to be sultan yeah more like a back like what was his childhood like? Why would he be... How did he end up in this position? Mm -hmm. You know, that whole that whole bit. Instead, yeah. we got this masterpiece performance from Jonathan Freeman. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So he recorded his lines and then heard Aladdin and Jasmine's lines and then re-recorded a bunch of his lines mm -hmm. because he wanted to slow down his delivery, mm -hmm. which he thought if he, if he was calmer, it would be scarier. Yes. Which works perfectly because yeah. they brought in Iago, mm. and so you can't have the two of them... Speed talking through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But for all of his calm, and the, the character is animated in a very calm way most of the time, mm -hmm. for all of the calm, measured delivery that's going on, it is a high camp, like, just masterpiece performance. Yeah. Like, it's, that, it's that perfect line of... Uh, ominous and threatening and completely ridiculous right mm -hmm. because if he went too much one way or the other the character and the feel within the movie would have just been like either just so heavy like oh my god why are you so creepy mm. or just like this is way too ridiculous you know what i mean he puts jasmine in even less clothing than she starts in like that's true she does yeah it's not a good scene no it's and not he's super murdery yeah yeah. Hello, pussycat. <laughs> it gets me every time. 
Oh my god. And the way, like, and especially the way, like, they animate his face, like, he just overly enunciates Ooh, the whole thing. Yeah. And then she kisses him, and everybody, including the audience, is just like, ew. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, it's, it's so awful. It's so awful. Yeah. But he's, he's so compelling. And yes. so Jonathan Freeman is actually still touring with the musical, the mm-hmm. live musical, doing, playing Jafar on stage now, mm-hmm. which adds a whole different circling back to the whole racially problematic thing because it is a white guy playing Jafar. But I mean, as soon as he came on stage, I was like, who is this guy just nailing it? And you're like, Jafar. it's, I was it's like, the guy. I looked him up at intermission. I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> That's why he's so good. And it was like just a delight. It is. Yeah. Like, he knows, he knows, I think, that even though the role changes and the lines change a little bit, like mm-hmm. he is to some extent that there's a through line to yeah. the character that there isn't he, with other characters. Yeah, he's he, like no, he is Jafar, and this is how Jafar is. Yeah, no matter how they try to like change what he says and everything. Yeah, it's Jafar. Oh. You know. Yeah. Ecstatic. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> with all due respect, your hotness couldn't be just a way for a real storm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think this is like peak Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. Casting. Yes. Oh yeah. The he two was. Of them. He was just perfect. Are so off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. While still so, while still being super villainy. Mm-hmm. They're not nice, but they're so compelling. Yeah. You just want it. like they're they're bad guys. You actually want to hang out with. Yeah. They're just like I want to see you do bad things. Right. Let's see what happens here this is gonna be great yeah you're like maybe, oh you're gonna murder somebody oh this is gonna be fun yeah. you know maybe he'll casually abuse his pet and it's gonna be hilarious <laughs> <of the> feathers. <laughs> just look at this <laughs> oh my god he gets so angry that he's molting it's fine i also did not remember that it's iago's idea for Jafar to marry Jasmine in the first place oh yeah 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 Jafar is supposed to be the criminal mastermind mm-hmm. here that is true, but he does like how his foulest mind works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we could literally sit here and talk about Aladdin all day, uh, and I would be completely fine with that. Mm. Um, but we do have another movie to talk about, which is Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Yes. Uh, even more classic movie than Aladdin, as it came out in, what, 1951? Yes. Um, and the version, of course, I have is the, the two-disc DVD set. Mm. And of, they've remastered the colors and stuff. And it's just beautiful to look at. Like, it is just a beautiful movie. It is so rich. Mm-hmm. It's so vibrant. Mm-hmm. The animation has so many cool flights of fancy. Yes, within it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I love about movies that are classically animated is that they still sure the some of the colors fade and stuff and they need to be retouched i understand that but like the actual movement of the characters and the way that they did the backgrounds and the feel of of you know just everything in it is just so fantastic and it doesn't age it just looks timeless because of it mm-hmm. and it just stays you know it has a real weight it does yeah it does it's like 
It's like she falls and she hits something. You feel it. Or like the part where she's falling down the hole and her skirt opens and like she kind of like pops up. Yeah. And it's just like you feel that pull of like the, of like a parachute, you know, kind of mm-hmm. opening and like you, you feel her falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is also, you know, with the hat tip to the sound effects. Mm-hmm. They provide a lot of that weight and stability, but I think the, the animation is solid and present and focused in a way that it isn't when you don't have to draw every single one. That's true. Yeah. That is very, very true. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with a lot of animation these days is that because there's a lot of companies that just want to rush through things getting done and, and being finished and making money and all that kind of stuff, mm. is there's a weight and a feeling from a lot of animated movies that are missing that used to be there. Even if the, even if the story was relatively bad, but you still can see, you know, somebody took a step. You can mm. see why there's an impression in the sand when they took a step, you know. Mm. You can see that the wind is blowing. You can see it blowing through them. You can really feel that. Whereas yeah. I find sometimes animation now, you're just like, they drew a picture of wind blowing, gotcha. Yeah. And that's it. And it's often moving faster than the eye can really appreciate to show off what we can do now with animation which is truly incredible but also doesn't doesn't give you the same feeling of being dropped into a new place and looking around in a slow exploring way yeah yeah to get that overall world experience you know that that overall immersion into the place that you're in Mm -hmm. with the animation yeah so my notes about where these movies intersect Mm mm-hmm Alice in Wonderland and Aladdin, in which two errant children fall into caves and lecture others about manners. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is... I <laughs> Technically correct. Technically correct. Yeah. I like all of it. Yep. Good. Good stuff. Um, it's also important to note that this movie is not the 1976 pornographic musical comedy Alice in Wonderland, which confusingly also features a song called A Whole New World. Sorry, what? Uh. <laughs> I don't even... You, how how you, far back do you want me to You said a lot just now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you're telling me there's okay. a, sorry, 1973 movie called Alice in Wonderland. 1976, yeah. That's pornographic. Yes. And was not sued to oblivion by Disney and destroyed. No, no, because Disney does not own all of the rights. I mean, it's how it goes, because there are one million interpretations of Alice in Wonderland. That is true. There are very many right. of them, yes. Like, it might be Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Okay. Right? Or yeah. Some iteration of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Disney... But isn't also Alice in Wonderland in, like... What is it called when your copyright expires? Open... Public domain. In public domain? I think so. At this point, right? Right? I think so. It's the two of us making stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. (laughs) And that's how come there can be, um, like, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and This is Wonderland, and Mm. it's in Once Upon a Time, and it's all all of the, like, up for grabs fairy tales. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's also one of the reasons why so many companies and people and stuff like to use stuff like this for 
just to make shows out of or like inspirations for things because they're like, well, we don't have to pay copyrights. We don't have to search for anybody writing anything down. We mm. can just, it's just there. We can just do some stuff with it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there are only so many good stories. You know. If it's you, true. If you are a writer who is kind of good, mm-hmm. you can probably go a long way by piggybacking. Not probably, definitely. You can go a long way by piggybacking on something that is already good. That's true, but I think the basic concept of stories, there are only so many stories to tell. Yes, I agree with you. But like with anything, especially in English, because we are very, it's a very wordy language, mm. you can make those stories occur in any way that you want to. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a good way and a bad way to do it. I'm not going to pretend... I know it when I see it, so I'm not going to pretend to tell you how to do it. That's a good point. Yes. It's interpretation of a standard does mm. not necessarily produce good writing, but it produces more familiar writing. It's a shortcut. Yes. Yes. It's a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, because, I mean, at this point in time, we've seen lots of stories like Alice in Wonderland where, I mean, the movie ends with her being, it was all a dream. The most horrible trope in TV and movies these days when you're backed into a corner, which drives me nuts. But at the same time, it's that has been done so many times now. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely good ways it's been done, and there are definitely bad ways it's been done. Yes. This story struck me differently than on previous watches of this movie. Mm-hmm. This is an unusual story for, especially in the Disney classics family. Mm -hmm. So this is a story in which a kid wanders off alone and gets lost, fine, has no guiding teacher, has no friends, learns, debatably learns a lesson. Yes. Mostly is scared stiff. She is not scared stiff at any point, though. She's a- she's she's wide-eyed about it, and she's just like, what is going on? But scared, except for the one time she starts crying when she wants to go through the door, scared is not what I would use to describe Alice. She's not scared all the way through, but that's what really struck me. When she starts crying at the beginning, mm-hmm. she starts crying right away. Yeah. That's like a little kid crying. And she also stops crying that's right away. also like a And then she's kid. like, I probably shouldn't have cried that much. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. But it, the movie made more sense to me looking at this as the adventures of a very small child in Wonderland, yes. which makes it to me a lot more alarming mm-hmm. because the, because I had sort of rem, like remembered if you had pressed me about it, mm-hmm. I probably would have said the Cheshire Cat is like the guide, but mm-hmm. he tells her nothing. Nobody has any no. information for her. No. And there's the scene as well with the caterpillar where... He's asking her questions she can't answer, and then he gets mad at weird, unpredictable times. Yeah, and because he yells she at her. won't tell him who she is or whatever, and she's like, "Well, I don't know who I am. Today I've been all of these things. I guess I'm whoever I am now." You know, it's pretty much what she says. And he's like, "Yeah, but who are you?" And like, he gets angry at her and pretty much shoos her away. Right, and he gets like, like right in her face. Yeah, he does. But that is also a lot like being a very small child. Mm-hmm where a grown-up can potentially get mad and you don't know why. Yes. And you're just like, which of the six things that I did in the last five minutes cost you to yell in this manner? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, rewatching this as well, is I remember really enjoying this 
as a younger individual. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say child. I didn't see this until I was probably in my teens. Tell you oh, truth. wow. And then I really liked it at the time, right? But watching it now, there's... Maybe it's... I've spent too much time thinking about movies, talking about movies, reading books. I've had a lot of stories in my life. Let's just put it that way. Just stories in my life in general, no matter which way you want to take it. But this doesn't really have a story. And that really frustrated me when I watched it. I'm just like, there's no story here. I am nodding along. Yeah. Yeah. And... And I was just like, like, I find some of the, the characters are interesting and some of the stuff that happens interesting, but I'm like, beginning to end, what? And, mm. and that was it. Yes. So this movie was in a kind of development hell that Aladdin barely scratches the surface of, oh, where okay. Disney carried this around in his back pocket, as it were, for like 20 years. He just wanted mm. desperately to make this movie. Mm. And it, that's why we have the Mickey through the looking glass. Yes. So by the time it got made, as I understand it, because shockingly it's a lot harder to find reliable information about the making of a 1951 movie than it is about the highly documented blockbuster 92 Aladdin, Mm -hmm. Um, there were several different sets of directors, segments were added, segments were cut, but it, at at some point Aldous Huxley did a draft of the script. Sorry, what? Just Really? Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. And that was completely scrapped because, yeah. shockingly, it, it wasn't Disney appropriate. Yeah. yeah, that's how it would be. Yeah. So it ended up, it's like a collection of sketches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of like randomly put together. It's yeah. like, it's pretty much Fantasia in a in a less structured way. A lot sort of. of the segments were very similar, more similar than I remember to Fantasia, where it was yeah. just like, look at us draw a thing, look at us yeah. draw a thing. And look, it's going to be weird and freaky out for a second. Yeah. It just, it's going to be cool, though. Yeah. 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 And wasn't this also like a like a box office complete bomb when Absolutely. it first came out? Like, it, And it just sort of like, it grew like a cult following, and I think it was just like, at a certain point, it became more of like an appreciation for the art of it, or the creation of it, than a love of the movie, maybe? It was really pushed as being a psychedelic film. Yeah, that'll sell the copies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, even Disney pushed mm-hmm. it as being a psychedelic film. But Fantasia was pushed as a psychedelic film at one point as well, like, yeah. afterwards, yeah. yeah. And it really is, yeah. Yeah. What is it, the Mountain King one with, like, the devil or whatever? Oh, mm. freaks me out every time. Not, Love it. Not a great match for actual psychedelics, yes. I guess, yeah. I am guessing. I watched what? a friend on Shrooms watch Fantasia. That I've, is the, that's the real. That's the that real is not a. No, it freaked me out watching them be on Shrooms. No, no. Like they were not having any. They were just oh, like, no, this is not a thing that's happening. They freaked out. Hippo is and way too big to be wearing that tiny tutu. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Alice in Wonderland had the same effect at certain points mm-hmm. uh, within it. Because there are definitely, I mean, no, scary is not the thing I'd call any Disney. Really? I watched this as a little kid. Yeah. And when Tweedledee and Tweedledum show up, mm-hmm. and they like sort of sneer over to her, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. I, find, I never found them scary, but they're definitely people I would like cross the street from. 
Definitely. You know? Like, especially the fact, like, they show up, and she's crawling through the log, because she's like, maybe he went in here. And then they, like, mm. stand on the other side, so she's got to walk through their legs. And yeah. I was just like, that's not right. There's also that thing with the giant bird and the caucus race, where she ends up riding him at some point. Oh. He keeps dipping yeah. her, his beak underneath her skirt. Yeah. I don't like any of that, that but weird. I think, I mean... One thing, one thing about this movie is that it didn't deal with the weird, overly sexualized female characters mm. in the same way. That is very true, yes. Um, Which is good because, as I mentioned, it really treats Alice like a very small child mm -hmm. or a very large idiot. Or both. Or both. Well, small yeah. children. But I think, that's what the, I think that's one of the reasons why the movie does work is because she is a small child. And she's allowed to... She's allowed to to be stupid and, you know, go through things and flip over and, you know, people tell her stupid stories and all that kind of stuff. There's no kind of, like, weird, creepy tension, really, within it because of that. Um, but everything just seems like she shouldn't be there kind of thing, you know? Like, you you need to not be here right now. And now a queen wants to cut off your head, so I don't know. That seems wrong. Yeah. Well, first she just wanted to play croquet. That is true. Oh my, I forgot how cute those little, are they, let's say they're hedgehogs? Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. That little sleepy guy. Was, it's adorable. Like, I know I'm supposed to be paying attention, but there's almost no story. Can't I just coo with the hedgehog by Yeah. Like, like, you just want to pick one up and be like, oh, you're so cute. It looks so snuggly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's what's different from this movie, mm -hmm. about this movie. Those aren't her friends. There's the flashback at the end where she runs backwards through all the scenes that she's been in through the movie. Yes. This isn't Labyrinth, where they show up at the end to sing a song and tell her how much no, they, they love are, her. No, they're chasing her. They, nobody likes her. Yeah. No, nobody likes anybody in this movie. That's... Why do the March Hare and the Mad Hatter hate the White Rabbit so much? Is this a Hare Rabbit thing that I don't know about because it's outside my sphere? I don't think so. But well, they yeah, did, they, like, did they hate the White Rabbit? They, they teased him very heavily. They put the, there's the thing with the watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. And then it's a mustard. Mm -hmm. So let's be silly. And they put all the stuff in his watch and they explode his watch and then they hoof him out the gate. Gate, yes. And throw him so far that Alice cannot run fast enough to catch him. Which, yes. I mean, he seems pretty bouncy, but still. That's true. Right? That is true. Like, I find the specific set of worlds in it. You're like, the Mad Hatter and the Tea Party, they're one world, right? Yeah. And then there's, like, the Queen, there's one world. And then mm -hmm. there's Tweedledee and Tweedledum, there's one world. And there's Cheshire Cat. Even though he moves from the different places, he's one world in himself. Yes. But none of them particularly interact well with each other. Because even when the, what is it, the albatross shows up at the White Rabbit's house when she's mm -hmm. big. Is it Dodo? The, is it Dodo? Why did I say albatross? Because of the water, I think. Never mm. mind. But the Dodo shows up. And he's just a tool. Like, he's just not... He doesn't actually care what he's asked to do. He's just doing what he feels like doing. Well, burn the monster out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, she's gone and he's still trying to start that fire. And Which, you're just like... He's gonna burn down that rabbit's house. Did you see his adorable mm. carrot wallpaper? Right? Ugh. There's a lot of pink in that bedroom, but I still kind of enjoyed it. But maybe that's just like a Easter bunny kind of thing. I don't know what rabbit decorating. We don't know. Maybe there was a like a whole rabbit family that we didn't even see. Oh my god. But what if the rabbit children are in another room sleeping and the house is on fire? Oh, they'd be squished against the wall and she oh, that gets big. Be dead too. 
So well, that would be sad as well. Interestingly, one of the one of the ways, one of the very many ways in which this movie was terrifying to a small child mm-hmm. is that she gets big, and that's wrong, because big things are very scary to me. Okay, yeah, anything. But that, they get they, they get scared of her when she is big throughout the whole movie, though. That yeah, is correct. Yeah. That is correct, and her getting big, like that scene where she gets as big as the house, does not trip whatever wire in my brain is scared of big things but in aladdin at the end when the genie comes around the corner and they're Mm -hmm. on the balcony and he like is about to be wished free yeah and he's big that's too big that's too big it's very scary i don't like it really very scary i don't it's unnerving i don't like the part where he scares me is the part where he's under jafar's like power and he's like picking up the palace and he co- and they they like actually like show like black lines under his like eyes like, and stuff and he's all like and, yeah. and he's just like I'm sorry you know I have no control over this yeah, that's when he scares me I'm just like oh my god you oh you know yeah yeah so the character that we know but it's wrong mm-hmm. like yes. like Bart Simpson in the Thing and I and there's the in the Treehouse of Horrors where there's a a scary Siamese twin Bart that lives oh yes in the yes in the attic yes. That freaks me out so I can't go near it. I hate thinking about it. It's I uncomfortable. Like, yes, I agree. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's like it's even though they're animated and they're not real, it's still like the uncanny valley. You're like you're the you're mm-hmm. you're the same, but you're not mm-hmm. at the same time, and you're just like and it just unnerves you. You're just like I'm very uncomfortable all of a sudden with this that's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, which I think is what makes for a little kid what made it for. Me, the little kid who was scared of literally everything. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me was not so much the big and small. I'm not sure about why it mm-hmm. didn't hit me. But the when the queen's face changes and she gets mad. And the caterpillar's oh, face yes. changes and they get mad and they mm-hmm. turn red. That's... That's... Yeah. Tr- like she, It's triggering, right? It is triggering. Yeah. She is all alone in a, in a place with no rules. Mm-hmm with no map and she just wants to get home and but there's no like the magic was inside you all along or yeah. anything or the real journey was the mad hatter you met along the way like mm. it she but wasn't part of it the fact that that world was the world that she described at the beginning that's the world that she wanted in a world of her and own. yeah it's a world of her own and the whole point is that maybe sometimes what you want isn't actually what you want mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. because you know people complain about rules and people come about like the status quo but you know one when those rules are gone and that status quo is gone there's an anarchy that most people cannot handle right right they will just get frustrated and they will just get annoyed and they will just be like what is happening why aren't you doing things that you're supposed to be doing it's because you don't have to anymore you know and a lot of people will clearly just be like no, I'm good. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And for a lot of people, that's just not a thing that works for them. Yeah, this is, I mean, she gets kind of a taste of her own medicine, right? Where she is the dreamer and she doesn't want to live in a world mm. with so many rules, which, can I take a brief detour to say, what do you mean, what is, how can anyone pay attention to a book with no pictures in it? Excuse you, your tutor is reading you that book while you play with your adorable kid. Yes. I don't know how hard your life Dinah is. Dinah is a, oh love Dida. Yes. But she gets a taste of her own 
medicine a little bit, but she doesn't come back showing us that she really learned anything, right? She just no. leaves for tea. Yeah. Like, she's like, I woke up. I'm going to go have some tea now. Done. No, and that's that's what happens. That is that is what happens within it. I find it frustrating. I, and I do. Like I said, there is no actual story in this. And because there's no story and there's no moral, there's no point. Right. And so when it finishes, you're just like, oh, it's done. And what did I just do with the last hour and a half? You just mm. kind of saw some pretty pictures. And they're beautiful pictures, but still. Well, and at the moment where she is learning as much as she's going to learn, mm-hmm. she's saying, you know, I give myself some very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. Mm-hmm. That explains the trouble that I'm always in. The, the advice that she gives herself is a lot like, again, a little kid, like when a little kid is trying to teach a grown-up the rules of their tea party. Yes. She's, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, she's kind of parroting advice that she kind of knows about. Yeah. She does not give herself very good advice because she's a small child and a large idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- yeah, one thing I, I was interested, because it's her world, it's in her mind and everything, and hopefully she wasn't giving psychotropics or anything to end up there. Fingers crossed. I, I don't know. Um, but usually when people have dreams and stuff, there is some direct relation or some thing in their, their real life that is bastardized into this dream world, Mm -hmm. right? And one thing I have to admit is that I don't know what this girl has experienced in her life, but there is some stuff she needs to talk about with a therapist. I agree. And wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like I get like the tea, you're a little girl, you have tea parties, fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a cat who's a little mischievous, but adorable, the Cheshire cat, Mm -hmm. fine. You know, um, there's All the flowers. They would sit and talk to me for hours. Yeah, and so they have the part where she they sing with the flowers. The flowers are jerks. Wow, that is they, a moment of pure body horror when they're like, "Look at these stems," and then it's like yeah. the petals, and I was like, y- you know, and then you're a weed. You know, oh god, what? Oh that god. is bullying right there. It's bullying, you but know? it's also ripe for like. Are they going to try to pluck her petals or something? Yeah. And then they're going to rip her head off? What's happening? Oh, my God. Um, but then there's the whole thing where, um, like, the, where Tweedledee and Tweedledum, for example. First of all, who are the people in her life that remind her of Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Does mm. she have siblings? Is it, like, people that she's met? Like, what? And then also the story, the, the full story that they tell her about the, the oysters, the carpenter and the walrus, mm. which is a creepy story in the first place. <laughs> like, I don't under Like, I think maybe it's because they they make the oysters small children that get eaten. Mm-hmm. Makes it creepier than anything else. Um, maybe if it wasn't visualized, they probably wouldn't think it was that creepy. But, like, that story is creepy. Okay? It's uncomfortable. You yeah. know? But what is causing her brain to be like, this is the stuff... I'm going to bring up right now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. She tells herself that story. Yeah. Which. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because even like the caterpillar, she likes being in nature and flowers and stuff. Like all the nature things I get. Mm. Tea parties. I get playing cards. I get because Mm. 
I mean, the story takes place in the 1800s or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Playing cards is a thing that they did. Mm-hmm. So cards are part of her life. Fine. But then there's certain little aspects of it that I'm just like, who's trying to murder you every day? Why do you think your head wants to get ch- chopped off? You yeah. Know? Who's telling you these creepy stories and stuff? Like, what is, what is happening? So the movie is full of characters who are, like, telling jokes or embodying jokes that there's no way that the kids watching it could understand. True. Right? There's the first thing that Dodo says is, Ahoy! Another nautical expressions. And it, it's like a throwaway. Yeah. And probably the kids watching Alice in Wonderland are not, like at this point, kids watching Alice in Wonderland are very little. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to get that. They don't, like the caucus race thing evaded me until well into my college years. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... Where, like, are these, same as the advice that she gives herself, is she, Mm -hmm. like, regurgitating just enough of what she has gleaned from other stories Mm -hmm. to sort of tell herself whimsical tales that are built on, like, half-remembered things? Mm -hmm. But my thing is, too, from, like, in 1951, like, early on, all film, whether animated or not, Mm -hmm. wasn't specifically made for demographic. That's a good point. Right? Disney and like all those, you know, uh, like Mickey Mouse stuff, they showed it in after newsreels and stuff, before movies and stuff. It was mm. made for everybody. So a movie like this, when it was made, like who, who it's not made, it wasn't made for children. Right. It's it a was a family ch- movie, not a children's not movie. Not a children's movie. Exactly. Yeah. And I understand it because a lot of animated movies now are taking that same point. I mean, think of like Finding Nemo and uh, The Incredibles and stuff. And There's the Box Trolls, if you haven't seen it. And the Box Trolls, yes. Okay, good. Everybody Beautiful. else who hasn't seen it, pause, go watch the Box Trolls. Go. <laughs> it's very good. Right? Wasn't it amazing? Uh, I loved it. Yep. Um, actually, Kobo and the Two Strings was Ooh, um, it was beautiful. Um, it was a lot more, um, deep than I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also because it is, it was done, um, claymation style. Mm. It is, the animation is completely arresting. Like you just mm. look at, cause there's a lot of paper in it on like the wind and all that kind of stuff. Oh wow. And how they make it look so fluid and fantastic is, blows my mind. But yes, look at Kobo and Two Strings as well. So it's great. Maybe what we're looking at here is a presentation, like a demonstration of skill from yes. the studio, mm-hmm. right? And from like it has one million songs in it. Some mm-hmm. of them are fifteen seconds long. This is apparently. Oh, I did not actually write down that note, but I saw that this is the movie that has the most songs in it. That wouldn't surprise me. There are so many tiny ones. Yeah, that are like five, ten seconds. They're like blah blah blah, and then the song's over. Yeah. Oh my God, all right. Yeah. yeah. But, and okay, that being said, so it's a, it's a demonstration of skill, which is made by Disney, who has been trying to make this movie for 20 years, mm-hmm. and at a certain point is like, I guess you have to just finish the thing. Yes, put it out there. Yeah. What does it, what are the enduring parts of it? Because like we said, there's very little story. Mm-hmm. There's a questionable moral. Mm-hmm. If there is any. Yeah. If there is any. Why is it so stuck in, like, this particular Disney's interpretation of Alice in Wonderland is so ubiquitous? 
Um, I think, like I said, it's because it's beautiful, mm. you know, and like, like it's a, it's an artistic expression that has permeated through a bunch of different things in society as well, right? Because people make references to the Queen of Hearts. People make references to the Mad Hatter. People make references to a Cheshire Cat, you know? Mm -hmm. Like somebody who sits around grinning and skinning at you, but who has, like, who disappears when they need you the most. Like, that person is exists, you know? Um, but I think people enjoy this because it is... There's something innocent and still whimsical about this particular version. Like a lot of later versions, because even the ones they did with like Johnny Depp a couple years ago. More so than the 1976 pornographic musical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Definitely not that one. Mm. Um, but like the Tim Burton ones, for mm. example, like I love Tim Burton and everything, but like those versions were so much darker and so much less fun. You know, like you didn't, I didn't enjoy watching those movies. There were interesting things in it, but there's nothing fun about them. I did, I did not watch them. That's fine. I have not seen them. That is literally fine. Like, most of what I can remember is his white mascara and Helen Bonham Carter's very disturbing eyebrows. But it wasn't the fact that they, it, like, they largened her whole head yeah. on her whole body. Yeah. Yeah, that was all creepy. Yeah. Yeah, don't. It's, uh, I watch that, when I watch that movie, I was just like, what is everybody doing? Like, I just don't, I don't understand it. Does it um, have a story? They actually went with, it was, the first one was called Alice in Wonderland, but really it was it, the Jabberwocky story is what they did in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, which I found really weird because you, you get parts of this, but then they have the whole Jabberwocky storyline. And you're like, what? I'm just confused. And then the second one, wait, I actually didn't even look at the Through the Looking Glass one. I didn't even watch mm. the second one. So I don't know what's in that one. Never mind. But the girl who plays Alice, she's an incredible actress. But she is very much into more of the like, I'm a disturbed teenager actress. Or I'm a disturbed young woman actress. Not like mm. a... I'm a youth who's, you know, has wonder and interest in things and everything's a flight of fancy. Mm. Uh, she's not that person. So it's just kind of like, every every time she did something, I'm like, you're going to cut your wrist at some point, right? Okay. Mm. Uh, no? Okay. We're, we're laughing? Okay. This is weird. People really like to add edge to this story. Yes. Okay. There was a horror video game like yes. 15 years ago. That art-wise, beautiful. Really nice. I don't want to see Alice butcher people with a knife, though, so I'm good. I'll give it a miss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm fine with that. I'll also give a miss all the dorm room posters. We're all mad here. You know what? Yeah. Put that, put that away. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, I thought, I think it's really fun. Like, even in, for example, Batman, they have, there's a Mad Hatter, bad guy in it, who wears a hat and crazy as well i did not know that you did not know oh yeah that's good stuff i did not know that yeah i have a lot to learn you do mm -hmm. um i i mean and they have what if they they brought the queen of hearts into a couple of things and now i'm just gonna blank out on that one yes i am mm. never mind i'm not gonna talk about that it's fine what's your favorite song of this one mm -hmm. i can tell you the truth i don't remember any of the songs <gasps> i find the songs I find Asp. the songs forgettable. Asp. 
I do. I find the songs now more forgettable. And it's and it's not even one of those things like when I do this podcast, I specifically watch the movies on different days mm-hmm. just so things don't just like blend together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I watched these movies two days apart and it wasn't that, you know, Aladdin songs were stuck in my head. I watched it, the movie was finished, and my brain was like, that's done, check. And Maybe that was that it. something I had to learn as a very young girl, those yeah. songs. Really? Maybe. Like, maybe that's why they're in there mm-hmm. so deep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I learned them real young. So there's one song I still remember. It's not from Aspen. It's from Anne of Green Gables, The Play. I learned this when I was in, like, grade four. It's the ice cream song. And it is... It's the delectable that the, ice yeah. cream. I even asked respectable eat ice cream. It's that wonderful on a summer's afternoon. What does it take? What does it take? That every in June, <laughs> every single year in June, that song pops into my head. This this is on why, cue. This is why I can't remember important things about my life now. Like <laughs> I my, <know. laughs> I mean, don't ask me what I did yesterday. Right, but in grade four, this is the song I learned for a play. Thank Postal you. Postal code at my office. I've worked there ten years. Every time, no, I, I just, oh, you know, look it up. No, you know why? Because the lyrics for the ice cream song are stuck in there, taking up all the space. Yeah, there's something. I think, well, the lyrics for all of the um, the Aladdin songs are in there, taking up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And a couple of other movies. There are a lot so. of lyrics in those songs, too. They are, are they are dense songs. Oh, my God. Like the Prince Ali, fabulous, you know, mm-hmm. the whole Ali Ababa song. That song has so many lyrics in it. Even, like, there's the, the one part where the prostitutes or what, what are we calling them the, the dwellers yes uh where they they sing about prince ali that thing alone is like is like a page of lyrics yes but i also think it's really funny that they don't recognize aladdin because you know they were just shooing him at the beginning of the movie which was like a day before yeah i love it i absolutely love it and thought about that. They do not like him when he has no money. But they know him by name, which is also weird. Yes. Which means he's probably a person who's been around them for a while. Mm. Like, not, like, around them as in, like, he buys their services, hopefully. Um, but more like he is... Ev- what everybody in town seems to know Aladdin, right? Nobody's taking him in. Nobody's giving him food. Nobody's helping him. But they know Aladdin. Mm. Yeah, because he stops at the beginning and he talks to the ladies. He's like, hello, ladies. Um, into trouble early, aren't we, Aladdin? You know, that whole, that there whole bit. The People with his tray, like always. Yeah. Right? So. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows him. But nobody's doing anything for him. I don't know. Mm. Very cutthroat. Yes. Yes. I did see a gif or a gif if you're into that kind of thing of that had been reversed of him right after that song when he escapes with the bread Mm -hmm. taking the bread away from the little kids because it's in reverse and then sitting down and celebrating over the bread that he just took out it was way funnier than i thought it was gonna be (laughs) yeah because he sits down and he's like yeah i'm usually a pretty soft touch but that one really got me (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. Any other things about um, Alice in Wonderland? Uh, I have the worst notes, Ralph. Things like, her clothes stay remarkably clean, even though crawling through dirt. Oh, my notes are very different. 
No. This movie is a harsh punishment for a tiny idiot. <laughs> um, I did want to note that the ending, as somebody who suffers from sleep paralysis, is mm-hmm. particularly poignant for me. Mm-hmm. When she is just like, "Wake up, Alice! Wake up!" Yeah, and she's still sitting, like she's still sitting there under the tree, not getting up. Right? Yeah. 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 That one's weird. Um, I do have an anecdote about Matt, the Mad Hatter. Ooh. Um, so Mad Hatter or, or being mad as a Hatter is actually like a old term that's been around for a long time um, because mercury used to be used in making hats mm. and mercury poison gives, gives you like the shakes and apparently it also gives you, causes you to be aggressive, uh, mood swings and have antisocial behavior. <gasps> And mercury poison to this day is still also known as Mad Hatter's disease. That's why he didn't like the White Rabbit. Because he was aggressive and antisocial. Oh, maybe that's what it is. But also maybe that's why the table is so big and he's got only that one friend in the dormouse. Because he doesn't want anybody else there because he's like, this is enough. What is the dormouse's life like? He's... Gets jam on his nose and sits on sugar. Mm, pretty sweet. Mm, see what I did there? I see what you yeah. did there. Yeah. He just wants a nap, though, and he is at the loudest tea party in the whole <laughs> <Yes>. world. <laughs> but that's why they keep putting him in there, closing the lid. Everything's fine. That's true. Yes. I never really sympathize with the dormouse. Yeah. You guys are very zany and all, but I would like a nap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having an... Isn't it like... So does that mean on their birthdays... They don't do anything, and then on their unbirthdays, they keep celebrating. So isn't that kind of like celebrating your birthday? Because then if every day is a party, and the day that's your birthday is not a party, isn't that sort of like celebrating something? Well, presumably they celebrate their birthdays. A different kind of celebration? Yeah. So they just celebrate all the time. I mean, they have all those fancy tea sets. That is true. They have to do something with them. I enjoy the fact that, like... They did something different with all of the tea sets. Like, there's the one that's like the egg and you crack it open. And there's the one you can cut in half for half a cup of tea and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, who sat there and thought about the different ways to get tea out of, like, teacups? Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that. It's got the the three, there's the one with the three different spouts. Yes. And it's also, again, when you're a little kid and you're confronted with some kind of new eating ritual for the first time and you're just like, what? What is this bizarre contraption and how do I get the good stuff out of it? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, big person. <laughs> like, I want the, I want the thing. I want the thing. Do this now. It? Do I? Yeah. 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 Um, and. I'm worried about their diet though. What? So, you don't like tea and biscuits and sugar? I mean, probably the mercury poisoning is the more pressing issue. Yes. Um, as well as the fact that they have no days off. But, but the Mad yeah. Hatter doesn't, in this story at least, as far as I can tell, the Mad Hatter doesn't actually make hats. So maybe he's mad as just being generally crazy and he's a guy in a hat. If they're all mad there, is he not just the Hatter? Oh, that's true. It's all about norms of society. Mm. <gasps> Dorm posters are looking a lot more deep. Seriously. No, not really. I'm just telling you right now, this mind blown just, <laughs> just oh, letting you know yep. just letting you know yep. it's not good yeah as i said my notes are weak and those are all of my notes for alice in wonderland do you have anything else 
I was once a small supporting voice in Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland, which is a 1987 movie which involves both the Care Bears and Wonderland. I don't know anything about it except that my mom wrote the catchiest song as the theme song. <laughs> you can look it up and it's called rise and shine uh-huh and it, uh she we got they got natalie cole to sing it which was very cool okay my mom wrote it my dad arranged it okay i don't remember anything about this movie you would think as a kid being in a cartoon as mm-hmm. a like a small small child being in a cartoon with the care bears in it would be amazing right yeah i don't remember a single thing except for this mom writes the the most the catchiest earworms it's so frustrating. I was like, I wonder if I remember anything else about this movie. Now might be the time to remember it, brain. Brain? My brain's like, a bear's gotta do what a bear's gotta do. No, no brain, I need you to... Oh, other things. Come on, other things, brain. Work, work. It might have had the plot in there, but it has been hoofed out to keep space for that song. Oh, well, yeah. That's the important stuff. Duh. Well, I Googled it, and I'm going to be listening to that after. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-mm. You'll be able um, to hear me. I'm the person who's not Natalie Cole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who's five. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's the thing with uh, like all those animated shows that I watched as a kid. There is so much information from those programs that are in my brain that I have no idea what to do with except kill a Jeopardy for, but um, yeah. it just... But the funny thing is, is when I still rewatch the shows, I realize I've also forgotten a lot of it, which just lets you know how much of that stuff I just absorbed as a child. Yeah. Yeah. I have this weird, as we discussed, memento style. Like, I watch a movie, most of the time it's gone. I've got to watch it, like, several dozen times. So yeah. it really lodges in there. Yeah. Or... You know, early on, when my brain was all tiny and plastic, mm-hmm. you know, I watched Alice in Wonderland a bunch of times, and now all that stuff is just <laughs> stuck. It's in there. It's in it's there. In there. Yeah. 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 See, my, my thing is, is, is with a lot of movies, if I've only watched it once, I will remember, the, like, the plot and, like, the overall story. Do not ask me the name of the characters. It, unless they're, like, huge stars, don't ask me the name of the actors, uh, don't ask me the name of the director. 98% of the time, I won't know the name of the director. There's no point. Don't ask me any details about the movie except for what the plot is. Right? I'm still impressed. I'm lucky if I get, did I watch this movie? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, is the poster familiar? No, not really. No. Yeah. We watched no. it yesterday. Like, oh. <gasps> like, you, you trust me. You looked at this. But you know what's fun is that every time I watch something, it's a it's an exciting new adventure. Well, see, that's good. See, I'm at the point where I'm just like, I've watched all of these things way too many times. And then I'm like, I, I realized I've started watching movies that I've watched too often and just looking in the, not even paying attention to the movie, just looking at stuff in the background. See what kind of weird things I've missed in the background. And it's surprising what goes on back there sometimes. I have movies that I am like that about, like Beetlejuice. Oh, or, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that'd be a good one. I'm like that with like... um. Fifth Element and like Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones I do that with, which I think is pretty hilarious. At least uh, those are big movies where a lot is happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they're also movies I've watched a ridiculous number of times that I really should just like watch something else. Well, at a certain point, it's just comfort noise. The same way that Aladdin is, I had to really pay a lot of attention to engage with it as a story mm-hmm. and not just as a familiar series of noises and flashing colors. Yeah. Well, cause that's what I do. Like, especially if I'm like in a really crappy mood or whatever, I put on 
animated movies. That's what mm-hmm. I do. And 90% of the time, it's Aladdin and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Mm. Those are my two that get me in a mood. Like a good mood. I sing along and it makes me laugh. I don't even have to watch it. I can like clean my place and just, you know, go with it. And you're just having fun, you yeah. know? And those are the movies I put on. And it's true. It's like I like I sat down to watch it and I was just like, and I like got into my phone for a second and I'm just going along, still laughing with it. And I'm just like, no, you're supposed to be actually paying attention this time. Mm-hmm. Sit and watch it. Sit and watch it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Horse House and Wonderland, like I actually was like, oh wow, I had forgot a lot of the stuff in this. This is interesting. Well, it had no story for you to remember. If that's yeah. the thing that gets you. Yeah. That's, Alice and that's, in Wonderland is not, I remember the songs, so... I can tell you what happened by thinking about the songs. songs. Yes. I did like the, um, the f- like, despite the fact that after they sang the really nice song, they became very mean. Mm-hmm. I did like the flowers and, like, the bread and butterflies and the rocking horse fly. And, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I liked those. I thought that was really cute. I like them, too. They have very old school voices, mm-hmm. especially the little, I think they're the pansies. Yes. Yeah. We don't want weeds in our garden. Yeah. Is a very... It's a very specific kind of old school voice. Although Alice, also, but also very cruel at the same time. Well, yes, when they're saying that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the beginning, and there's the, the one tiny, maybe it's a violet. I think she's pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a rose. Quiet bud. Yes. <laughs> Quiet bud. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They're, um, it's just very, I find the voices particularly in the flowers very pleasing. Yeah. yeah. They were like, they're soothing kind of in a way, you know, like listening to like the Andrew sisters or something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I've uh, I've learned a lot about how somebody else relates to these weird, weird movies. <laughs> I am very glad to know I was not the only person alone in her living room singing her little heart out. Oh, def- oh definitely not. Do not worry about it. Because this face just turned into the Cheshire cat smile and I just sing along to Aladdin like it's it's absolutely absolutely ridiculous um well I guess we have to get you back at some point in time when I'm doing some more animated movies yeah which hopefully yeah it's a little while away I think the next animated well I have Batman but I don't think we're doing Batman I have Cinderella down there you know I don't know a ton about Cinderella Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I might I might know more than I think I do, mm-hmm. but I think I might have been more of a Sleeping Beauty girl. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been a good one. crazy mod art design. Yeah, but everything it's, is but like, it's also kind of weird where this guy's like tracing through the woods and he's like, hey, look, there's a body. Let's make out with it. I mean, that part is really not, it's, it's exceptionally super not cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you ever seen, um, uh, what is it? it's snow white or sleeping beauty yeah it's snow white a tale of terror snow white yes a tale of oh my god no i have not and it's sigourney weaver plays the wicked queen in it whoa and the dwarves aren't really dwarves they're just miners or whatever and um is it snow white tale the tale of terror 1997 um well thank you for leaving me you're welcome and And no like it's but it's like it's just like a darker version of snow white it's not really like proper horror or anything it's It's super campy yeah i love a good but i do recommend i do recommend watching that one like uh, i mean i haven't seen it in a very long time so maybe it has aged 
horribly. Who knows? But I still remember watching it the first time and I'm just like, this is amazing. I, and I'm not a horror movie person. So even I was just like shocked at how much I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. So. I'm 300% a horror movie person. So yes. I, would, I will be very happy to get my grubby little paws on it. I recommend. I recommend. You know, what's weird is what hasn't had a gritty reboot, which is my other favorite, favorite Disney film is The Sword in the Stone. That is surprising like now that I think about gonna it. There's going to be a lot of animal wrangling. That's true. <laughs> oh my god. There's that duel at the end. Yeah. They turn into a dragon. That's one I haven't watched very much though, so I don't, I, I mean, I know, I know about it, but I think I've probably seen that movie maybe twice and not within the last 20 years. I really gravitated towards it. There are a lot of animals and it's high in slapstick. The slapstick to movie mm. quotient, very, very high. So I'm going to make myself sound incredibly old saying this, but I remember listening to that while I was in elementary school because mm-hmm. they had a, they had it on like record. A record. And you listen to it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we're doing that and it was that one. And of course, um, Peter and the Wolf were like the two Absolutely. best ones. And uh, so I remember just sitting there listening to it, but I never really watched the movie so i i don't know maybe i need to to go back and find a copy of it and, and have a good watch highly recommended mm-hmm. feel free to call on me for any and all disney related inquiries <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> done and done nice. all good go look up this tale of terror business. yes you should definitely and then she had to make seven beds <laughs> Um, well, I guess that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, you can, uh, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be talking about the movies Alien Apocalypse and Alien vs. Predator. Hope you'll be here to listen.